When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back. Lori and Julia show My Talk 107.1 Everything Entertainment. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. we got another hour to entertain you. We'll uh, take that quite seriously. Uh, a theory. The word that strikes fear into Julia's heart. Oh, Lori's is that theory. today? Yeah. Well, we'll today. see if we get there. Yeah, we've we'll got a there. lot to get through first. <laughs> oh right. no, Julia, I've got theories. <laughs> I oh, oh, no, <laughs> but this theory is scientifically proven, and you know, it's tantalizing. Ooh, ooh. A surprise! <laughs> it's a Thursday, and we get something tantalizing. <laughs> oh my gosh, we've learned so much this week already. I can't oh. wait. I can't wait. We're going to talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah, we are. Okay. So a couple things are happening. Yesterday, a judge scolded Taylor Swift's attorneys for trying to get her legal fees paid in the Shake It Off lawsuit. Remember, she got sued by the, I think it was a Jamaican or some yeah, singer yeah, about that she took lines. Right. And yes. they found, no, she didn't. And then Taylor Swift's lawyers went back to the judge to say, well, these people should pay her $75,000. I would have I done that, too. Well, the judge uh, scolded um, them for trying to get the legal fees okay. because the person that filed the thing, it probably took all of the money they had. And they really felt because of these three different lines that they had a case, this judge somehow must know they don't have any money left. All right, let's talk about the most important. Okay. Okay. Back so, in January. Okay. Tickets so, for Reputation Tour went on sale. The name of her new album that dropped November 11th, 2017. Mm-hmm. But we had heard about five songs before it dropped. Yeah. But the, the tour, t- the tickets had gone on sale in January, and all the Taylor Swift super fans were caught basically in a maze of price gouging because she's used to her album selling like crazy mm-hmm. and her tour selling out within days. But she. Partnered. Was, she was doing some shady stuff to the because it master. wasn't selling as well to make things happen. There was her true blue fans. Remember that you could pay to get access to multiple albums. Then there was another thing to get people to pay way higher than they ever had for previous tours to pay more for reputation tour tickets. And the true blue fans were kind of even started getting mad at her because you had to do basically. By being true blue and buying early, you got penalized. Right. So what had happened is Ticketmaster rebranded um, the verified fan program to Taylor Swift Ticks. And so people had to go on and play games. And yes. you would get you would get in the queue earlier to get these great tickets, but she was overcharging like everything that you've just said. E- well, ticket yeah. sales 
Ticket sales are in the stinker. Mm. Um, I'm looking right now at the U.S. Bank. She's going to be there on Friday, um, August 31st at 7 p.m. at U.S. Bank Stadium. Mm -hmm. There still are quite a few seats available, but a lot are sold out. But um, they're outrageous. You know, they're really pretty expensive. Like Like if you want to be in the mosh pit, those are 800 bucks. If you want to be in the front section, those are, uh, let's see, I'm just going to go. Give me the nosebleed seats where we were for Beyonce. How much are those? Okay. Way up there. Okay. $47, but. That would be worth it. Oh, I can't. Because you could move down. But you have no idea. When we saw Beyonce at Twin City Federal Stadium, those aren't. They're they're different than U.S. Bank Stadium. I sat in the third tier for U2, yeah. and I was getting uh, vertigo. Mm-hmm. If you had a cocktail, I was scared of falling what off. I'm, what I'm saying is for people who want to see Taylor Swift, and right. she's playing in all these huge stadiums, you buy a cheap seat, right. and then you, and move, then you move, move down. down. Right. Yeah. You we move know the, around. The sound right. up there is awful at yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium. Oh, they, they usually are, but now all of the true Taylor Swift fans who jumped through the hoops, did all the game playing, paid the extra fees, because um, uh, Ticketmaster, which you know their headquarters are based in Beverly Hills. I never knew that. I didn't either. I know. That's where they are. They, um, on Tuesday... Through Thursday of this week, as tax relief, we're waiving all Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fees, which is amounts to, as we all know from anyone who's ever bought it, a ton, of, it, money. A ton yeah. of money per ticket. 19% discount. Yeah, and um, that is because the tour starts in three weeks and she doesn't have one sold out show. Well, she's doing them in massive arenas. Well, yeah, I, I, but but it's because this album didn't get good. radio airplay, except that for that. Good. What look what you made mm. me do? Yeah, it's that, not that good. Yeah, I know. I bought it for the girl for Christmas, and because mm-hmm. she's a Taylor Swift fan, yep. and she's like, I like five songs, right? Out of what ten? More than that. Oh, There's it's more not. Than that. It's not a good album, and everyone kind of said so. Maybe she just wasn't in a good place writing wise. But right. the thing is, if she goes and plays all of her other, as long as she doesn't do what Katy Perry did, which we saw for her witness, where she made us listen to eleven of twenty songs, were all from that crappy New album. album. That's mean. Don't if she do plays that. She's got her hits. She's got so many, but you could still buy a cheap ticket. You could and move down. That's how I'd get around this whole. Right. If you want to be on the floor, it's three twenty-five a ticket. It's you know. Yeah, because how many of Taylor the the Ticketmaster said that Tuesday through this Thursday, the reason they were giving a discount was for tax relief. Right. Let's face it. How many of true Taylor Swift? How many of them are filing ten forties? Very few. And the parents are buying these things. You know, so So people now. I would go to this concert though. I wouldn't. I've never seen her. If I had great seats, I would go. I'm just throwing that out there. I would just get a cheap seat price and i'd find my body drifting lower and get my own seat it's labor day weekend you know i'm not saying i'm giving i'm not talking for you i'm just saying that when you have a situation with somebody like this don't fret it just get your tickets and you'll be able to drift to another seat because that is a lot of seats. It's a lot of drifting. It's yes. 58,000 yeah. seats uh, at U.S. Bank yeah. Stadium. Well, I was drifting at U2 and I ended up yeah. uh, not finding one seat, Lori, in my drifting and ended well, up. Well, that show was, though, basically yeah, sold out. It was. Yeah. You're right. Um, You're right. So that's a different thing. I mean, there's there's not a scary, there's, there's a lot of tickets. 
at all these venues. Yep. All right, so that's what's happening with her. And she made her ride or die fans pay crazy prices. So it was not the best strategy. No. For whoever talked her into that, you know. Don't penalize the people who are your... Who like you. Yeah, no. Don't do it. Oh, it's been a while since we checked in on the edgy breakup of Justin Thoreau and Jennifer Aniston. Like two days? Yeah, but Jennifer Aniston has managed to come out of it smelling like a rose. As she should. He used her. But I'm just saying that the coverage around Justin that her media people created to make him look like a foolish hipster poser worked. Because look at the headlines, what they call him, an edgy guy, an edgy... Edgy board and blah, blah, blah. Even though um, now the the truly edgy men always go for the 20 years younger hot woman that they met at the gym. Is that where he met her? Yeah. Yeah. I think that he's had a lot of side pieces. I think he was um, bored bored, um, and not... He misrepresented who he was to Jennifer Aniston. I really think that. You do? I do. Mm-hmm. To further his career. I, it's, yeah. Well, I, I don't just, know that it was conscious. Oh, or it could have been, but he got rid of his 14-year-old girlfriend yeah. so fast, and we knew his name the minute he started dating her. You're right. She was a means to an end. Yeah. And I, so I'm glad that Jennifer has painted him with this brush to make him look like the... The, you know, shallow, bored, edgy, edgy shallow, artist. hipster dude he is. He just wears motorcycle boots and, uh, it, and pants. It, she manipulated the whole thing. It's genius. You're right. <laughs> Way to go, Jennifer Aniston. I know. Okay, now prepare yourselves for the rumors about Ed Screen and Angelina Jolie. Who's Ed Screen? Julia, he's hot. Oh, gosh, I like he's him. Just, We've seen him. We what have, have we seen him in? What, is, uh, is it really Ed Screen? Uh, yes, let me spell S-K. it. Donnie, look it up well so Julia can concentrate got, on the story. Yeah, S-K-R-E-I-N. Yes, he's played yes. villains. That's kind of his thing. And he's just been cast as the villain opposite Angelina in Maleficent. Yeah, he's hot. He's super hot. And he's also been working on the film adaptation of James Baldwin's uh, book going to be a movie if Beale Street could talk, which is Barry Jenkins oh. from Moonlight's next okay. project. Yeah. He was in Deadpool. Yes, and he was the he was the main he was one of the main characters. He looks like Nicholas Holt's older, grittier brother. Yeah, yeah. He's you know, forty two, and he's hot. Dimples. Angelina is hot. Available. English. She's a bad girl as Maleficent. It, he's. He seems to be available. He seems to, he, it's been three years since we ever heard anything that he lived with a live-in girlfriend. So maybe he's available. I'm just saying that the British tabloids, as soon as they start filming, get ready for Ed Screen and Angelina and they will be, you know, Mm. Screen-Jelina. I don't know what their nickname, but they're going to make. that's the best one. I like it, Lori. Screen-Jelina. Screen-Jelina. He's hot. Yeah. I can see why. What else has he been in, Donnie? Uh, Correction on the age. I'm sorry. He's 35. Mm -hmm. 35. Beautiful. Uh, Let's see. I'm seeing if anything that, besides Deadpool, uh, boy, nothing that really rings a bell. Okay. All right, Game well, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, he was in about he three episodes. Right. He's on Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Well, three episodes of Game of Thrones. Well, but he was still. Anthony Walsh. Okay, that's where I know him from then. is He probably was one of like um, the people that were gladiators or whatever, you know. the. He's got like 17 movies in post-production. Yeah, so he's, he's ready. He's hot. He's hot right With now. With the he's last on fire. one, Born a King. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. hot. 
I like this couple. So we're going to see the British papers will put them together because they are both, I think, available and, and they're both hot. And, and, and it makes sense for the movie for interest. And did we ever talk about how smitten Brad Pitt is with his oh. MIT professor? Oh, my gosh. They are pushing that storyline to the point of not of just being, being Sorry. nauseous. I know. They're pushing Brad Pitt's people are pushing the MIT uh, professor. Yeah. But it is happening. Yes. It is happening. Yes. So they are getting divorced. They are never, ever oh, getting back together. Julia. Just checking. Angelina. <laughs> just checking. The wait, day wait. she filed papers after the plane incident, she hasn't looked over her shoulder. She was so done with his boozing, puffy, puffing, <laughs> lackadaisical tell ways. Me, tell me how you feel. That's how really, I feel. Tell in, me how you in feel. In a way, I think he's... Kind of looking at his buddy George Clooney, he says, "You know, yeah, he, he got somebody really, really right. smart. Look at, I'm going to try. I'm going to get somebody I'm really, really, do really that. smart. Yeah. All right. Listen, we got to go. We'll be right back. Earth. This is a my talk dirt alert. All right, Elizabeth Reese giving us our 515, 520 dirt alert. 520 dirt alert. But I do arrive at 515 because I'm very punctual for you, you my friends. Okay, let's talk about this Prince story today and what we have learned. I do think, you know, it's so timely that we're learning more about the death of Prince just as we approach the two-year anniversary Mm -hmm. of his death, which is on Saturday. Yeah, the investigation is complete. The investigation is complete, and the bottom line here is that no charges will be filed related to the death of Prince and his overdose of fentanyl. But we are learning more about what was happening with the drugs and, um, and what Prince thought he was taking versus what he actually was taking. So the prosecutor in the case uh, in Carver County said that no criminal will be, charges will be filed. Um, this happened just hours after documents revealed that a doctor who was accused of illegally prescribing an opioid for Prince had agreed to pay a $30,000 settlement in a civil suit. Prosecutors say that Dr. Michael Schulenberg wrote a prescription for oxycodone in the name of Prince's Prince's bodyguard, which is Percocet, Mm -hmm. intending it to go to Prince. Um, That, the prosecutor says, really had nothing to do with his death. The Percocet prescription was for 15 pills. And when investigators went in and and executed the search warrant and searched Prince's home in his suitcase, they found 10 of those pills. So only five had been taken. The cause of death was fentanyl. We've talked about this for a long time, that Prince died of a major fentanyl overdose, that even someone who had been managing a lot of pain, I mean, the numbers were astronomical. Mm -hmm. And what was happening, according to the Carver County attorney, is that Prince thought he was taking Vicodin. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And there's the no fake Vicodin because it's Vicodin like on real the street. Vicodin. Right. Yeah, because Vicodin from the when street. you're getting prescription pills that are from a doctor's office and from a pharmacy, they contain what you think they contain mm-hmm. when you're getting them off of the street they can be made to look a certain way and not contain they look exactly like a vicodin right down to the stamp oh. i guess is what that carver county attorney said mark matt said there's no evidence that any person associated with prince knew he possessed any counterfeit pill containing fentanyl and they were unable to figure out where he got the pills someone got him the vicodin right yeah. prince wasn't the guy on the side of the road getting the vicodin yeah. needing right. somebody to get it or right. ordering it online i mean you can order things from these kinds of places um but prince was fiercely private and that's why going back to the percocet that prescription was written to prince's assistant because prince didn't want any narcotic prescriptions associated with his name we've seen this in a lot of celebrity cases where they'll try to get prescriptions and i just didn't know that they would make But it's really, it's the fear with anything, with anything that you're getting on the street. You just have no idea what's in it. But that's why there's so many, there's overdoses. People are getting legitimately, legitimate prescriptions for pain, becoming dependent. Because the the thing with the, the opioids is that if you are suffering from physical pain, you also might have mental pain that's going along with it. Because it drags your mind down to be physically in pain sure. and opioids sure. soothe mental pain as much as they do anything else and that's why they and they're highly addictive yes and and that's why because it's doing both sides of it mm-hmm. and then when you're done your doctor says i'm not giving you anymore or you try try then the the the, la, the place of last resort is buying them and people, oh yeah i can get you some real vicodin don't worry it's none of that street stuff right and, and then you never know what's in it. Yeah. I mean, you just have no idea. That's and why that's so easy, scary. easy, easy. Apparently, so if you're a drug cartel or yeah. if you're in that thing to manufacture fentanyl, it's a fake opium. Basically. Yes, and fentanyl should only really be used in hospitals. Yes, it's I mean, used at end of life. Or I had it when I was in labor. Yes, or in extreme yeah. pain. I think like when Casey has pelvis, you know, in the accident and he separated his pelvis, I think they put a fentanyl patch on him. I was waiting for the epidural and they were like, no. do you want some fentanyl? And I said yes, and then I thought, that's what Prince died of. And then I thought, but it, it's, in this moment, I have to do something. Yeah, yeah, and I it mean, worked. I think so. Who I don't know. Doing? The yeah, epidural was doing? much more effective. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's the real big guns that you need. It is. That's the birth So, plan. yeah, he was unaware he was taking, he thought he was taking a real Vicodin. And then, of course, the the sad, tragic part of it all Does is he that. He was in all this pain. He was in this pain, but he was also going to get help. That the, that the, the guy who was coming in from the rehab facility mm-hmm. showed up at Paisley Park to see all of the ambulances yeah. and everything there. And he was on his way there to help Prince and... And to figure it out and his team has had intervened i mean listen prince is like you talk to somebody talk to your friends and there will be a story of someone if it hasn't deep yeah, directly affected you it's affected somebody else because yeah. it is totally an epidemic and that was another interesting thing that the carver county district attorney was talking about and that they were you know these efforts that are going to be made to try to stop Prince is an example of one right. of many people in our community who are struggling from well, this. Well, that will scare a lot of people from going and buying them off this, you know, buying them. Yeah, I just That next, will scare yeah. people because you don't know what's in it. I oh, hope so. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, Tristan Thompson on the bench, guys. 
On the bench and out of the house and in the doghouse. Isn't that the truth? That's what's happening. He watched his team take home a victory against the Indiana Pacers. He did not play for his basketball team. The old Cleveland Cavaliers in their Mm. first playoff game. He hasn't played much since news broke that he um, had been cheating on Khloe Kardashian during Mm -hmm. his pregnancy. But how much do you think the girlfriend who was five months pregnant when Khloe got together with Tristan is somehow gloating? In all of this. I mean, she's got to feel she posted that Instagram thing, which I thought was kind of genuine, which was like this him doing this to somebody else isn't going to make the pain that I felt any right. better. She but did. That that's even said, that's even more was, poignant because her, her heart was broken. I know. But I now think she's not that good Chloe of a player. become good friends and the kids become siblings. That, that would be the roar woman story out of that. That'd I know. Be, well, they, and they are siblings. So, I mean, they would probably see each other. But they're some, not going. No, they won't you live know in the that's same not place. how that happens. I know. It depends but, on the family. But you would hope because that's sad. You have a sibling. It will and you take never those two women getting together, though. Yeah, it will. You know, um, you know I did want to let you know on April thirtieth, uh, Freeform and ABC News's Nightline have teamed up for this documentary calling called "For Our Lives Parkland," and it's a documentary that follows the lives of the student survivors from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, after the mass shooting on February fourteenth. It's a special. It's an hour long. It's going to air um, at ten p.m. I'm assuming nine p.m. Central. April 30th on Freeform. So if you've got young kids, it'd probably be a good one to watch together yeah. with the high schoolers. Yeah. Have a conversation no about it. So yeah, that's good. what I have, my friends. I will catch you later. Thank you, Elizabeth, Thank you. so much. We appreciate it. Uh, we got Kenny with the traffic and then the segment that Julia fears the most every week. Theories. We've got theories here. We're giving them away. She makes them up. <laughs> well, we do work on the radio. Yeah, well, I, but you don't make up the traffic. Uh, well, you yeah. don't know that for sure. That's this true, one. I know. And your theory is? Okay. okay. Brace yourself for <laughs> a bunch of BS. I look forward yeah. to As this. only Lori can deliver it. Okay. That's but, all I'm saying. All right. So, this theory, this theory of mine, I formed. Yesterday. Way back in my 20s. No, back in my 20s. <laughs> okay. When I went on a date with a guy who ordered, we were at a Chinese restaurant, specifically Chinatown in Duluth, downtown on Superior Street. <laughs> and he ordered, he ordered the hottest, you know, that, you know, whatever the choices the, are, however, the yeah, level small, of hot. medium and hot, spicy. Yeah. And he got, and I think it was spicy Szechuan something. And okay. he wanted it super hot. And I was... I remember just like sitting up, just like being very impressed. Yeah, that, that he was he going could handle to eat that level of hotness, something that hot, that spicy, and we're and I really, I mean, I just sat up like right away. I knew this was going to be a good date. Nothing, no mild. I like. Yeah, he's going this out is in Minnesota too. Yeah. You know, so I was I I just have had this theory that. If you go and you eat like spicy food as a first date, it could maybe make your first date be more interesting than if you're going to have grilled cheese and, you know, more bland foods. Okay. Because that date ended up really being fun. Okay. He broke out in a hot. I'm his, sure he did. No, he sweat started <laughs> pouring off of him. I was oh laughing so hard. It was, you know, and I ended up, I ended up marrying that man. 
Oh, and it really this was <laughs> yes. Him? So spicy oh, food on a first date. Okay, <laughs> really and truly, and I and he had to go to the bathroom. He had to lay down at the Chinese restaurant <laughs> oh on God. the cold floor. Oh, and I just, oh, but he ate laughed. that Szechuan, and I just thought that is manly. I just was okay, really that is so completely funny. So he was trying to impress you. And no, he, he just really felt that he could handle. He was very used to eating okay. spicy yeah. food, yeah. and I just like really thought that was. I was I was turned on. Well, what happens all these years later, Julia? Saint Cloud State University, oh, right, right here, here in Minnesota, yes, did a study, and when a woman orders spicy food on a date, it makes her see the guy she's with as about thirty percent more attractive. If you if so, if I'm on a date and I order something spicy, it makes the person across from me seem more attractive without without even a drink? That's right. (laughs) How is that possible? I know, because uh, it doesn't seem like sweating, chugging water and maybe crying and going to the bathroom would be a sexy and seductive scenario. But it is. It turns out it is. That just I don't I can't think of one reason why it would be. Well the researchers think it's because the words that are used to describe spicy foods are sexier words like hot, intense, and when and then we start associating those words with the person we're with. Oh my gosh, this <laughs> is so silly. Is but listen, they they twenty you can't <laughs> argue with the numbers. I think it's silly. But they still made 30% more people viewed the person that they were with as that much more attractive. Simply from that. I'm just sharing with you my personal experience of going out on a first date with somebody who, or and that, I just... Isn't that funny? Because like, I wouldn't do it because I would We totally bonded and laughed over that. And it was really... it. It broke the ice, sure. if you will. Um, I wouldn't order spicy on a first date because I would be scared of what would happen in my stomach. Exactly. It doesn't seem like the sexy, garlicky. seductive yeah. scenario, but it turns out it is. And maybe you should just give the spicy food a try, a try on a date because it makes you seem more attractive. No, it makes the other person yeah. seem more attractive. But still, I think it works but it both would, ways. So it could make me seem more attractive if I'm reading hot and spicy. I'll feel more attractive. But but the the guy, if he orders it, you'll be more attracted to him. If the, whoever, yeah. this is confusing. No, Listen, I get it. But when it's you're so dating, stupid. but it isn't stupid. I know it seems like it is. Saint Cloud State University has gone Fine. to the trouble of proving their theory. Was it funded by Leanne Chin or something? No, it wasn't funded by anybody. <laughs> okay, that's funny, Laura. But it leads to positive feelings. Feelings, like 28% more. If you have a chance to, you know, impress somebody 28% more on a date, first date, it's not wow. a bad idea. Yes, no. Try no, it on one a, of your dates, Julia, really and well. just see. I'll try and talk to somebody into. I mean, ordering yeah. something really spicy, spicy and just yeah. watch what happens. See what to happens. Them. Okay. okay. Now here is. Um, I, this is not my theory, but this is from the Norwegian University of Science and, and you're the Norwegian. University of Texas. And I'm wondering, I want to get your feedback because when I read it, I thought I can see where this it, the this is totally a correct theory. And okay. the theory is uh, for straight women, mm-hmm. they are more likely to regret casual sex if they didn't initiate it. Hmm. 
I can't think of a time I've had it when I go to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. So therefore you're satisfied. I have no That's right. Okay, and I, that is just so weird. But still, because think about oh, I mean, you know, you've had pity sex. Or at least I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> I as mean, Lori's just staring at me. I mean, okay, I have really? pity sex. Have you? Like well, years the guy. ago. But you can have it at any time. Look at Stormy Daniels. She had it with Donald Trump. I know, but, but I but ten I years ago. Been a pity, that has you've a, never had pity sex with a guy? Like just kinda Not really. Yeah. That's not well, my thing. So did you feel You haven't sorry been for single him? long enough. Don't worry, it's on your Is horizon. It happen? Oh, maybe. I don't want to have pity sex. Now, maybe pity like sex only happens in when your twenties or thirties. But anyway, but yeah, so the they did this study. Um, they found that two key factors in whether or not, specifically only looking at straight women, where they would likely be to regret sex. And they might have done this study out of the Me Too and sure. everything. And um, the two things, uh, yeah, if if the woman initiates a sexual encounter and if she's satisfied with it, she doesn't regret casual sex at all. Um, and... Um, and that makes sense because then you're in control of the situation. There's no gray area. You're uh, less likely, you don't feel pressured, right? you know, into it, which is sometimes um, that happens, you know. And um, so all, a woman who initiates casual sex must not only consider the man an attractive sexual partner, but they're also more likely to be comfortable with their own sexuality. Right. So um, we've learned nothing. We, well, we have, learned a little we something. Have, women are more likely to regret casual sex, and this is not a surprise. If it's bad sex, if it's pity sex, if it was pressure sex, yeah. if they were afraid of what was going to happen, if they were um, stressed into it, it when you know. So yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, yeah, they just so nobody wants to regret it. But no. uh, um, anyway, for guys. Listen to this. Initiating it or not made absolutely no difference. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sex is sex. Yeah. Yeah. And they're less likely to regret sex in general. They have very different uh, viewpoints on it. So anyway, but that's, I probably, it was just published in my... um, your journal, journal of um, personality and individual differences, Julia. <laughs> Luckily, that one only comes out oh. every four months. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so all right, here's my last theory. Okay, tell me. People have been eating oysters wrong all this time because that is that could be, is, do you think that would be a sexy date? Uh, nope. No? Okay. I'm not an oyster girl, You're but not? people who love them swear love by them. them, so tell me why they've been eating them wrong. Well, many people just... Slurp, slurp the oyster down. You're supposed to slurp, suck, and swallow. You take a sip of the oyster, you know, whatever's in there first. Yep. The briny, whatever okay. it's sitting in. And then you tip it and then you chew it. Ah! You have and you tip it straight from the shell into your mouth. You don't use an oyster fork. You, you take just... a little sip and you take it and you chew it. Um, and you should always enjoy it naked without any accompaniments the first time you do it. Mm-hmm. Have an oyster. Yeah, that was my problem. Yeah. yeah. And don't forget, yeah. you know, you can get them grilled and barbecued. Good when you oysters, go, Rockefeller or something oh, like that. Oh, when I was I, in New Orleans last year for the Oyster Fest, I ate so many barbecued and grilled oysters. I was in heaven. I love oysters. I love mussels. 
Isn't that weird for a girl who won't eat meat on bones? Yeah, I'm so comfortable with snot in a shell. You, yeah. It really yeah. that is. But grilled and barbecued, mm. they're really, well, really delicious. I could delicious. handle those. I just really but don't like the consistency. I have the theory that most people think that you're just supposed to swallow them, first timers. So in case anyone's going to an oyster place mm-hmm. tonight. You've helped people out. Wow. Or First of all, order spicy food. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have that, get an oyster. And if you're going to have sex, damn well better initiate it, ladies. That's right. See, what, a, what a happy day for him. It's a Thursday. <laughs> it's it a might Thursday. as well be a Friday. It might as well. That was good stuff, Lori. Thank you. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. When we come back, we've got our uh, favorite headlines and other headlines we didn't get to today. It's been seven hours and thirteen days since you took your love away. I go out every night and sleep all day since you took your love away. Thanks, Donnie. We are hearing um, the original recording of Nothing Compares to You, which the Princess State released today. Um, and that was recorded in 1984 in Eden Prairie at the warehouse. And Donnie has posted that. Lovely. Yeah, you can and the video. To it online. And of course, that, that album never made it on the next uh, um, album, that song, Nothing Compares to You. It didn't? No, it was Sinead O'Connor yeah. who made it a hit in 1990. Yeah, number one song, yeah. Um, so, but that's just the, that was the original first recording. He arranged it, you know, it's beautiful. Susan Malvoin and Paul Peterson, as in St. Paul Peterson, our friend, friend of the show, as Wendy says, are the backup vocals on that. And I think it's Eric Leeds on the sax. And this one. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Sinead O'Connor's version, I think Prince would even agree. I mean, that was just incredible. And the video in Paris, walking through the Trilleries, crying. Look at how you remember. I don't remember that I video. I remember oh. the album cover of the one oh. of that oh, one it was album. Oh, kind of snowy. Yeah. And then uh, the other good song on her album was uh, "Emperor's New Clothes." Okay, that song. I played it for you once as a deep cut on this show a couple times. Oh, oh it's a great, okay. great song. Um, Lori wanted to play another deep cut today. Oh, I do. Don't me get it. No, get it. who's no, ever really? plumbing at first? Uh, no, we're not playing it. Julia, please, because oh. people are really excited. L7 is playing at First Avenue Everyone tonight. Everyone is really excited. <laughs> they three, three are people. an iconic American rock band from L.A. Four gals, Danita Sparks, Susie Gardner. Listen, they were everything in the 90s. Um, in 1991, L7 formed Rock for Choice, the first pro-choice women's right group. Remember, they did the concerts. Kind of, do you not remember? I was this? not. I was doing other things that year. And, yeah, you were. Okay. Anyway, they are playing. <laughs> kids. They, they, no, I didn't have kids yet. They, I was getting oh, yeah. married. They've I been think. on a hiatus for 18 years, and they're touring. They have a new album, and they were just grungy. They had the grungy sound, and let's you pretend they're Lori, dead. All right, Lori loves us. Okay, people know this song. 
Everyone who knows it, I'd haunt like you horn. to. I'd like you to honk your horn, wave your fist at the next car. Yeah, let's pretend that we're dead. I don't hear Let it go to the chorus. Oh gosh. People are so happy right now oh. to hear that song. <laughs> sure they are. They are. That's a deep cut. L7. And I that wish smile is brought to you by Lorene. Thank you. Yeah, Lorene, thanks for making everybody so happy. Donnie, as long as we're doing it, then find yeah. The Emperor's New Clothes oh, by gosh. Sinead O'Connor. Let's and just also, keep doing it. music-wise, Nancy and Beth are playing at the Cedar tonight. And that's TV actors Megan Mullally and Stephanie Hunt. They're doing their... Serious musical tributes to classic country and pop, and then they do some comedy stuff. Neil Justin had a big story oh, about the so- two. Of them. Now that sounds funny, doesn't that it's kind at of sound Cedar good? C- Cultural Center tonight, tonight at seven thirty. Oh, that sounds funny. Yeah, and and they get, have been written up. They're very good. I think they uh, they do a straight ahead version cover of a Gucci Mane song. I love and Gucci. anyway, mm-hmm. th- that would be the other cool thing that's happening that's tonight so if fun. you're not involved with the celebration. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Neil had a great story about the two of them. And they look alike, even though they're like 20 years apart. But they sing, and it's like a cabaret show doing... I mean, this is like... That's right up our alley. If we could sing, we would be so dangerous, Lori. Julia, if I could just get up with L7 in my outfit, I wore to Project Down and Dirty and have a tambourine. No microphone except at the chorus. What Let's did you wear it down? Done. Oh, you mean when we were rock stars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the myth? Oh, yeah. Dear. I would fit in, I feel like, with L7. Like, I feel like they'd like me, you know, if I just stayed back Only in the you, corner. not me. Yeah. Because they well, would know you were a true punk rocker. Well, Julia, you don't even like the fuzzy guitar. And What's the amp the fuzzy sound. Vi- guitar? The fuzzy guitar, the sound. That grungy, oh. you don't like that sound. Like, no, I, really I love don't. it. I love I it. I like, no. Yeah. All right, Donnie, you have my Sinead. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I keep finding it by Panic at the Disco. They, oh, they did, the did they same cover song. that song? Yeah, well, they did. let's hear Panic at no, the my, Disco. They're driving me crazy here. They did Panic at the Disco? No, Panic at the no, Disco is a band. a band, and they covered <laughs> Emperor's New Clothes, okay, which Sinead O'Connor right. did on that. Uh, Nothing can Panic at you. the Disco. God, I yeah, hope the lyrics are okay. Is this the song? Panic at the Disco. I was the oldest person at that concert at Target Center <laughs> I'm, I'm, about five years I'm, ago. I'm so surprised. I, I don't know. What are we doing I, here? I, I, I what is going on? What we're doing and what I'm looking at. I don't know. I'm completely lost. Lori's going to sing that song for yeah. us tomorrow. The oh, Emperor's great. New Clothes, Sinead O'Connor, yeah. Donnie, okay. is the yeah. deep, deep I, cut that boy, we're looking yeah, for. It's so deep. It's not. It was on that album, the the nothing. And do you know that was at number one, that uh, for like six months or something. I mean, it was huge. We couldn't get away from that song. Do you remember it now? I remember the song. Now people are happy to hear this song. Oh, baby. honk your horn! Roll down your window! Honk your horn! I think so. Who does she sound like? Sinead. Yeah, she does. Is this Sinead O'Connor? Yes. I thought we were listening to L7. No, I don't know. I know that song. Keep going on that song, Johnny. People are happy. Oh, God, we got to keep people happy. I mean, 
That's a great song. That song, I know that, that song. That is a great yep. song, and people, you know, so... Anyway, but yes, Sinead, let's see how long I have the information right here, Julia, about Sinead O'Connor, what year that was. 90. 90? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Because were you playing, um, were you a DJ? Where were you DJing that year, Donnie? Uh, in 1990? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a cool 108 playing oldies. Oh, so you weren't playing that? No, I was no. not playing that, no. Yeah, Prince's no. first uh, cover, Vanity Six did Nance, uh, Nasty Girl. Mm, yeah, that I remember. And that was like a number, that was a dance club hot 100, you know, and then 83 stand back Stevie Nicks. Okay. Right. I know that one. And then 84 jungle love the time, the glamorous life, Sheila E. And I feel for you, Shaka Khan. 84 was a huge year for Prince. I mean, purple rain. And then those, I mean, and then 85. Shaka Khan is going to be at the Minnesota zoo. Yes. Oh yeah. June 29th. That'd be amazing to see her. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing place to see her. And then, of course, Sugar Walls, Sheena Easton. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. He did that, that song, A Love Bazaar, Sheila E., Manic Monday, The Bangles. Right. Mm-hmm. He wrote a lot of them. All right, and, then, gonna... and then Kiss. Remember when Tom Jones, Tom Jones? did oh, yes. Kiss yes. cover? And that was yeah. 1988 with Art of Noise. That's how long ago that was. Good version. Oh. That was good. And then, um, yeah. Oh, we're out of time. Are we oh, out of time? I, yeah. I, we could go here and just have B-sides. Yeah, I like Lori's my gonna D stay cuts. after Lori, I love my D cuts. Yeah, I love my D cuts. We just have D different cuts. ones. Yeah, I know. That's for sure. Everyone no, but that's going good. There's nothing wrong. L7 tonight, just know that I'm... I'm going to be Lori is with you. Pretend you're dead the whole night on Alexa. Okay. And shove and some other ones. Maybe their new song. All right, we'll see you all well, tomorrow. Well, this was right? just such a treat. Thank you. <laughs>